0: Baby, we're back. Let's go. Let's freaking go. Seth, we've made it. The long off season gets a 15-day reprieve. USF spring football is here, baby. Let's go. Back in a big way. Back in a real big way. Let's go. I know I spent my off offseason uh, doing some match drills, figuring out scheme, what I want to do. Uh, I'm excited. It's the dawn of a new era for USF football as Alex Golish starts his first spring practice as the head man at USF. And uh, still some coach speak, but uh, as a guy, for a guy who's as confident as he is in who he is, boy howdy, that that presser today was uh, maybe a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I haven't had a chance to. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it. I tried to catch it live. I don't think they streamed it, uh, and then it wasn't up on YouTube when I was looking at it. But you were there live and in person.
0: I was. You know, it's a uh, you know smallest violin in the world. It's one of the perks for getting fired yesterday. <laughs> I was able to go out to practice and uh, see the players, and then go to the press conference today. So it was. Uh, you know silver linings right and uh that's what that's what we're here for um but it, it felt really good to be back out there i hadn't been to a practice in a year and a half just based on on the job that i had um so it was, it was good to be out there uh put sunscreen on before i left and still was burnt didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter um so i i tried to be prepared and it you know I'll go back to the drawing board and uh, figure it out for I think Thursday. Um, Day one for everybody. Yeah, exactly. But I, the the press conference, I think the the big a big section, a big chunk of the press conference was related to the twenty two million dollars being officially approved by the board of trustees uh, today at their meeting. Um, so on what they say Tuesday, um, getting approved. So the design phase is a full go. We kind of figured that was going to be the case anyway. Um, and then f- I guess finally on Twitter, some rendering started floating out. Um, that we saw back close to a month ago at this point, uh, in the Discord. Um, some interesting concepts for sure. Uh, but it was really kind of uh, there was a large swath of that press conference, was just him kind of discussing he wants the football operations center to be built. Expeditiously. Yeah. Um, And talking about you know, must haves, wants, and then absolute necessities. So uh, it it was, if you guys didn't get a chance, it's on YouTube now, go check it out. Um, He goes really in depth. I think one of the bigger things um, that he mentioned was building, having the on campus stadium is not a must have to win games, but it's a must have to get to the next level.
1: Yeah. That was one of the program. quotes I saw. I thought that was a um a really good quote uh in terms of, you know, understanding and and kind of conveying to the fan base that listen, just because we don't have this doesn't mean we shouldn't be winning games, right? You can win without right. it, but in order to take that next step, and that would probably be, you know, realignment, that kind of next step. It's important. So um, I thought it was interesting to hear him say that today. And really, he seems to be, and we've talked about it off air, he seems to be really confident and really kind of eliminating, not trying to build in a lot of excuses no. for how the season may or may not go. Now, maybe it's just because he's really confident things thinks we're going to do really well just because he's confident in himself or he's just kind of a direct, pretty direct guy. And it's like, we don't need to try to make excuses we should be able to win here at the school so um as that's kind of the impression i've gotten this was your first time being around him what were the kind of some of the impressions you got from seeing him in person
0: it's he uh he's he's funny he's got a dry sense of humor i you know i'm i guess i would say like i'm like i'm like the dollar store looking version of alex golish uh, but our, I think our sense of humor and is probably pretty close. He's very dry and blunt in it. I think it works, and it his confidence in himself feeds off of that. And I think that's why you you heard uh, Rashad Cheney and Donovan Jennings also on Tuesday talk about the swag that he brings to the to the program to, I want to, you know, I think it was Rashad Cheney said, I want to, I would run through a brick wall for the dude. He's got, uh, he's got a swag about him. That is probably needed. I guess would say, I would say there hasn't been swag as a head coach at <clears throat> since Willie Taggart was roaming the halls and that well, is needed. I remember in Charlie
1: Strong's last year, we were talking to guys on staff and they couldn't believe how, little confidence the players had right how there was a, such a lack of confidence and lack of self confidence amongst the players and he's you know they they basically um you know i've never been around us guys from florida that had no swag before like these the guys were so like i don't know if that was just part of the culture but i i remember distinctly hearing that and that does seem to come from top down right if your coach is confident and uh and maybe a little brash that kind of that kind of trickles its way down so he definitely seems to be a confident guy confident in his process confident in who he's hired and how he's building things um so it's good to have that kind of conviction especially from a guy that's his first time being the head coach um right. It's interesting. interesting. it seems like he's i also think he's a smart guy so he's got a plan and he's you know he's thought about it so he's confident in his plan and he's just going to try to go out and execute his plan. Um, and that starts obviously before now, but now that you're really into the first practice of spring, right. some of that stuff starts to get implemented.
0: And to your point about he has a plan, I was talking to some folks around the program um, yesterday, Monday during practice. So we were able to actually get up to the ends. So we, could, we couldn't we could go on the sidelines because they had recruits out there and the players and whatnot, but we were on the end zones and was just kind of there. There was a, a really good vibe, but it's also the first day of spring. And Golish and even mentioned it during his press conference. All right, the energy was great on the first practice because it was the first practice. What does two, three, four, five, six look like? And then when you're at the tail end, what does, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 look like as you're wrapping up? Do you still have that same energy? I think he's very much a you better keep that same energy. Every single day, um, which is great. But to I, like to your point about planning, uh, talking to the folks around the, the program, the guy's meticulous. He is like a down to the minute kind of planner, and I think that is probably going to serve him well. Uh, he kind of made a joke that um, some folks during at the press conference maybe took a little bit too literally or seriously. He was like yeah i didn't really know what to do i just kind of wandered around to each like position unit because i'm usually either stuck with a position or one side of the ball he went and hung out with the defense yeah. and they kind of took it a little bit too literally literally and he's like no like i knew what i was doing like i had this plan and went and looked and um <clears throat> enjoyed his time uh with with you know each side of the ball which he typically never really got to do.
1: Yeah. That is a big transition when you go from being a coordinator or working on one side of the ball forever to being a head coach. How much do you put in on the other side of the ball? Is it just, you know, do you, do you, do you travel around during practice and check on everybody? Are you working with a specific group? Um, everybody does it a little differently. So I think that is an interesting transition, but um, it's nice to hear that he's got kind of some ideas on how he wants to do things and he seemed from the first kind of from the get-go and everything I'd heard about him from other people was that he was a really sharp guy, really smart guy. Um, so that seems to be carrying through. Now, will it translate to a bunch of wins in the first year? I don't know. You got to see him in person, so you can kind of tell me where, where the expectations should be now. But uh, he, uh, he he definitely seems like he's got a plan and
0: they're going to execute it. I'm still. You better freaking prove it on the field. I don't care about like the swag is great. I love it. Win some effing games. I don't. I don't care. Oh, if you're,
1: twelve and zero. Discord. Nathan is gone. No, absolutely. A, they 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 were pump, pumping up. Uh, they had the hopium pumping through.
0: Oh yeah, man. The they
1: speakers had, at practice. It was was, it that was, was nuts.
0: It, was. it really was. They had uh, the oxygen tanks of just twelve and zero. That I was just <laughs> sucking on it in the end zone. Um win a game. And I think he knows it. He needs to freaking win. And I think that's why he made a point. Like I thought the OCS is not why we can't win. We can win. Ray J is a great facility. It's everything yeah. like just freaking win. And I, I think he gets that. And uh, Another point to the planning. He said he, he went through three, he's gone through three wide receivers coaches before we even got to the first day of spring on Monday Marcus Davis was initially hired. He was at the early signing day uh, party. And then he left for Auburn, where he played. Uh, Matthew Middleton then took over. And then he left to go to Kansas State. Can't fault him. That's a, that's a P5 job, man. You you take P5 jobs uh, and he's all from Can- He's day. from Kansas he's, as well. Yeah, he's from Kansas City, I believe. And in comes uh, Ladarius Washington, who... Uh, Ladarian, excuse me, Ladarian, Washington, who had a cup of coffee at Western Kentucky. He got hired from Oklahoma in January. Um, so he said he had a plan for it. It's unfortunate that he he had to do it, you know, multiple times uh, before his first snap. But he said he had a plan, and it seems like he did. I think uh, someone in our Discord, right when Middleton, the Middleton stuff hat started happening, they jumped on this name, and it it came to fruition. I thought that was a uh, Pretty impressive, and uh, got that confirmed. Um, maybe a day or two later uh, in the Discord. Yeah. So, um, Tom
1: McMahon threw out the LaDamian, Washington way before everybody,
0: way before everybody, and then I believe Sean was able to confirm it. In uh yeah, we've got we got fans with sources in the Discord. Look at that hashtag fans with sources. Let's go. Um, what what else really stuck out?
1: He, I, I wanted to ask you. I saw your. I I don't know. I think it was in Discord. You put it. Where Nathan, I thought I was looking on Twitter, but then I realized, oh, you're just going to put a lot of this info in the Discord. So if you want absolutely like, live practice info, you need to be on the Discord. Um, you, you said that the stat, there's seems like there's a lot more staff and everything seems a little bit more organized. Uh, you said something to that effect, like all, all these staffers, and that's kind of goes, I think, to the planning side and also how you're able to when coaches leave. You're able to kind of you have got a list of guys you'd like, but then you also have these guys backing them up. That if you need to promote internally, you right. can, right? So you said it looked you know pretty professionally uh, organized there on day one with all the staff members out there.
0: Yeah, I mean you you've got basically an entire fleet of recruiting people now that you didn't really have um, prior. And it, it, talking to people who have been around the program that are still around the program, you know, two or three coaches later they said they they told me it's a lot more professionally run it's like a professional like pro team organization um it used to be there was you know the guy I was talking to yesterday see on the video and then Goalish. but now there's the guy I was talking to is now like the pinky and then there's like four other guys in front of him before like there's things in place. He's got like basically a bookkeeper. He also has the chief of staff. Um, It's like there's, there's people in place to make sure that, you know, the trains run on time basically. And it, it it, we'll see if it works, but at least there's a plan in place. Um, And they said that, you know, there's some cultural stuff that they want to fix up, but not nearly as bad as when Jeff Scott did take over um, in December of 2019. So I guess thanks, kinda. <laughs> I mean, it's
1: they're in a better position. you know, as for as much flack as Jeff Scott gets in deservedly, so I, they seem to be in a better. it's hard to say you could be in a better position when you won so few games over a three- year period, but it seems like they're in a better position now than they were when he came in. Um, not obviously not from a wins and loss perspective, but from other perspectives. Um, so I, I think that, uh, helps a little bit and then you can have somebody come in and kind of, he, he really just kind of reset the roster. I thought now, not all of it was good as we heard on signing day, we've got 14 safeties and, uh, seven offensive linemen and you want to get the 16 to 20 offensive linemen. That's not great, but you do have some talented guys on this team and I think a lot more, um, explosiveness on this team than there was back which is going to be key in this offense but there's still some uh with the transfer portal there's still some holes and he mentioned a couple I think in the press conference
0: yeah um offensive line is one they're they're trotting out 13 for spring practice they've got a couple of freshmen uh, that'll come in later but they're hoping for that 16 to 20 number is what he mentioned in the press conference uh on Tuesday that's what you want to have he said he came into seven due to graduations and transfer yeah. portal and he said that was downright criminal uh negligence i believe is the word he used um so they're they're getting their numbers up there uh especially in wide receiver now Joe, Joe missed significant time in 2022 he's still recovering Chaffrey brown missed i think the last game and a half of the season He's still recovering. He was in a red non-contact jersey on Monday. Uh, Joe Joe was not, but he was off to the side working on the treadmills. Um, so there, after, you, you're still pretty thin there. You've got uh, Naeem Simmons who you brought in uh, from Wagner, um, Seth Jones, a couple other guys. You know, Yusuf Terry is still around, but there's not a lot of production there. When your returning producer is Sean Atkins. There's well, still yeah, I question marks.
1: yeah, I wrote up the the wide receiver preview, and going back and looking through, you know, the number one thing I thought is, man, if this was before the transfer portal, you'd be bringing back a really good recruiting class uh, or a really good receiving group. But um, when with those two guys gone, even like Brian Petit was one of your top receivers last year, you lost a ton. Of receptions in the portal, like you said, Sean Atkins was the number one guy coming back. I don't even know if he's on scholarship right now. I know he was, he's been on, he's been off. I don't know if he's on scholarship now. Uh, then you had a Joe Joe, I didn't realize he was still hurt, like, or it was still lingering. Um, him and Choffrey Brown were two of your top three returners, and then Yusuf Terry is with those two down. It's Sean Atkins, Yusuf Terry, your top two receivers coming back. So if, if, if they didn't get those transfers in, uh, they'd be in some trouble right now in terms of depth. But um, luckily they got a, a few guys in, and then I, I th- there's more help on the way. Yes. It's just not here in spring. So, uh, and, and that's a position I think I even mentioned it in the piece. I would imagine, and after hearing him talk, I would imagine they'd go after more in the portal in May and try to see if there's more to be had there. Right, I thought that might be one before before spring started that would be on there, but definitely after kind of hearing where their depth is and guys being injured, I would imagine they try to go after one of those in the portal and just add a little bit more depth to this group because it's pretty thin right now.
0: It really is. Um, talking to folks around the program on Monday, they said maybe after spring, maybe try to bring in six guys, maybe as many as six guys uh, in that. St- that post-spring football signing window, transfer portal window. So um, they've got – I think it's this year and next year with COVID years, and then it kind of starts to reset um, back to some normalcy. I know this year uh, the NCAA, because of all the transfers, COVID stuff, they kind of took the cap away from the signing class. I don't know if that's going to be a permanent fixture um, going forward it would kind of suck for some of the lower level guys. I think like the, the actual teams, I think the top end of the lower, lower teams are going to be a little bit worse, but <laughs>
1: you've you got to put the cap back on for, for parity. Like you can't have, um, you know, I know Florida just cause I, I have to keep up with them as well. I think they've got 30 new guys on scholarship this year. You know, you can't be having, and they weren't even like the number one team. There's like, Charlotte's got like 50, right? Or something crazy. Yeah, Charlotte there's Charlotte so really much turnover and Ross. then allowing, you know, allowing a team like Alabama just to be able to gobble up other team's scholarship players that have proven themselves a little bit, it can't be good. You 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 don't want to limit players ability to, ability to transfer, but I think it would be helpful if you took away where you didn't have unlimited options. Uh, in terms of just some parity, like if you right. want to transfer, that's fine. But uh, being able just to just for everyone to go wherever they want and just load up at one place is not going to help parity, which I think is probably needed a little bit in uh, in college football. So <laughs> I think that I think that cap would I think they'll bring that back.
0: Yeah, agreed. And then there was a couple th- the since we're kind of on rules and stuff, the a couple of rule changes the coach did discuss them. So the, the penalty end of the first and third big whoop doesn't like, I don't, was there a, was there a specific case in 2022 no. that like someone got hurt? Cause it makes no sense. Like I get trying to cut down on time, but where are you, are you saving what a minute, maybe every Not, yeah like five games?
1: Yeah. It doesn't happen that often. So, I mean, I, it, to me, it, it makes sense that, okay, you don't need an untimed down when you, when there's more time left in the, you know, we're just moving to the next quarter. It's not like we reset the ball or anything like we do at halftime, where the, the right. game's over at the end of the game. So it makes sense. It probably should have been done a while ago, but yeah, it doesn't really move the needle very much. I personally, I hated all four rule changes they proposed. I don't <laughs> think they should do any of them. I don't know anybody who's like complaining about game length. I, I mean, TV. The only yes, two, just TV people. You only get twelve of these things guaranteed. Let's make make them last, even though even if they're not, uh even if your team's not winning, you only get yes, exactly. <laughs> get off my college football lawn. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things that, that other things they could do to waste time, like
0: the uh, touchdown, yeah. t- a TV timeout, kickoff, TV timeout, yeah, first, like you could you could cut brutal, that out, yeah, um, and. Th- Kulish kind of mentioned uh, he wasn't really sure what it's going to do. Uh, the, the, the other rule change, I guess that got <clears throat> approved, um, was not stopping the clock after first downs until the final uh, two minutes of the, until, half. until inside the final two minutes of the second and fourth quarter. Um, he said, it's not really going to do much on our ends, just the way that the tempo is. Um, and I'll get to the tempo here in a second. Uh, but he said it may short. It may help shorten the game for some teams who try to slow it down. I think, um, you know, kind of a prime example of of that would be um, the Florida game last year. That was USF's entire game plan: is run the ball, control the clock, get first downs, keep them yeah. on the change. You're, you're. I mean, it's you probably what save like four or five seconds, maybe a clock stoppage every first down or so. So shortening the game a little bit more, um, could help, uh, in the long run for, you know, armies, the navies, the, the teams that are going up against juggernauts who want to, um, uh, get figured, figured out, whatever. Um, you, you, may right? be, you, you may have some bigger problems,
1: bloody farts. <laughs> I don't know. Like you may want to get that checked. Yeah, out. you may want to. Um, there might be some bigger problems for you than uh, USF football. I mean, jeez. But I yeah, I, I, I hate all the rule changes. Uh, why are we trying to make college football not college football? I don't know. I, we're, why are we trying to make it the NFL with 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 reducing the time for games? Right. It's different, and we like that it's different. That's kind of what makes it enjoyable. If you just make it the NFL junior, the players aren't nearly as good. It's not going to be nearly as fun to watch. Like if, if you, if you adopt the, um, the other one where the clock wouldn't stop after incompletions, why would anybody ever run the ball? You just throw the ball every play. It, it, it totally, it changed the game totally. Right. So there, there'd be no reason, like at the end of the games, there'd be no reason to run the ball. You just keep throwing the ball, and it kind of would fundamentally change the game. So, I hate them all. Uh, I mean, I can tolerate the first two. The second one, I don't like – or the third one, the running the clock after first downs, I don't particularly like. But whatever. I do like – actually, you know what? I do like not letting people take back-to-back timeouts to, like, ice people. I think that's stupid (laughs) that people can take three timeouts in a row. That's just a waste of time. So. I do. Yeah. agree. that's one I actually
0: agree with. So, yeah, I enjoy that one. Um, now, is it going to count for like it's say the offense takes a timeout to stop the clock? Is it with the de- and then they send out the field goal unit? Can the defense then take a timeout? I think, I think it's the same team. I think it's I think it's the
1: same team. So it to eliminate the guy calling a timeout to ice the kicker, and then they get back out there and he calls another timeout because he's got,
0: got it. Three okay. left. Yeah, right, right, right. Gotcha, I think we okay. saw
1: that less three years a few times. (coughs) Yeah. Or I didn't use my timeouts. I might as well use
0: them now. Mm. Must be nice to have timeouts at the end of the game. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I hope if if Golish is such a planner, he better have a freaking clock guy. If he doesn't, Mm. boy, howdy, I'm going to be pissed. I know Colin will be ready for the, for the clock guy. Oh man.
1: He loves the clock stuff.
0: He does. He, he, he truly, truly does. Um, Let's see. What else, what else do we want to talk about? We're going to get into, we wrote up spring practice previews for each position. Nobody else is doing that. We're, we're it. We are still doing, we still do good content on the website as well as the discord. I think our, our thought process behind that, I'll give you guys a little inside baseball is um, the chat is great for quick stuff. Um, kind of sparking a conversation, but there still needs to be a spot for the long form. Hey, let's get these previews out a game recap, things like that important stuff. So that'll be on the site as well. Um, But the Uh, scoopage stuff will end up in the discord before it goes to this, to the the website. Um, So you guys will have it first and we'll, you know, we're still learning as we, as we go um, about, the want, the desire for, for this to continue. I think there's, I mean, there's close to a hundred, 150 people already yeah, in the right, Discord. On
1: that, right on that number. So,
0: um, so, Oh, oh. thank fr- he, thank Christ live breaking in. Oh, I, USF beats pit. <laughs> thank God, man. I, the we, I, I know they went over all all the sports uh, on yesterday's show. Um, I'm not even going to mention them. You know what? I, quick tangent. What the f? Absolutely pooping the bed today in the quarterfinal. Are you kidding me?
1: You'd rather lay the stinker now than lay it in the late tournament. How would you feel if they ripped through the the conference tournament and then played like they did today in the first round of the late tournament?
0: That would feel would a lot, say- that'd feel a lot worse, right? No, I'd be like, oh, a typical women's basketball season, <laughs> but maybe they'll turn it I, around and do, go like. I would. I'd rather the. I mean, honestly, man, I'd I'd rather the the conference titles at this point, right? Um, they've got two regular season titles and a, a tournament title, and they haven't made it past the second weekend. Something's got to change. If it if this was the spark that gets them to get past the second week, the the second or gets into the second weekend, awesome, but. There, that's a, just a little, 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 little motivation, a little anger. You don't want to go in on too high of a high, you know. I disagree. Ask South Carolina. <laughs> you know, playing devil's advocate here. Oh, that's terrible. Win the, win, the games you play. That's that's the goal here. That
1: can, I mean, you could do that too if you wanted to. But we're trying something. different.
0: Oh my gosh! I just
1: go in angry.
0: <sighs> I would imagine. Uh, or Jose is not going to be too easy on them. No, there may be a, another violation in his future. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's just it. I do want to say
1: I put the game on at work. And, I mean, they started to come back when I put it on. I, no big deal. But one of those referees did look like Daniel De Prado. <laughs> do you think it could have been? he I think he's the one that called the tee. Hmm could it have been a deprot bro maybe, maybe. A, a relative revenge
0: bitter bitter he didn't get the special teams job he,
1: uh, revenge on the university of south florida and any way you can get it
0: mm. yeah. who knows uh so frustrating um but let's see what what do we want to discuss next? Uh, You know, I'm going to open book. If you guys want to ask questions, go ahead. Uh, We'll, we'll kind of start with the spring preview stuff, um, that we kind of wrote about. Nate's been
1: on, on site, on the scene.
0: Yes. Um, let's start with quarterbacks. You wrote quarterbacks.
1: I did. Um, so, and I didn't anticipate Gary participating at all.
0: Yeah, that was a nice surprise. Um, he had his his checkup last week. Things are progressing. He's not gonna throw, but he'll be able to do some running stuff, indie stuff. Um so there's there's that. Uh don't expect Trey Marsh to likely suit up again. I don't there was some pessimism um Monday at practice that he will that be a school again. will that be a
1: school decision or or like a doctor, or is that going to be his decision?
0: I mean, it could be a bit of both. You know, I think Smoke Davis, I think he had a neck issue. Um, I think if you he, he couldn't get cleared by the school, right? Cause correct. he's trying to transfer. Correct. Hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, he's got to think about his future. I know, you know, as a, as a football player, I think Rashad Chaney, uh, said it best on Tuesday when he was he was discussing his injury and what, um, you know, what kind of, what football meant means to him. And um, I mean, it's all these guys know it's, it's so you get that yanked away and you're kind of just flapping in the breeze, so to speak. And it's such a freak thing to happen. Right. And um, so he's got a lot to ponder, um, but the guys who are out there right now, uh, Gunnar Smith, I Almost said Jordan Smith, but he's long since departed. Um, unfortunately, for Steve and yeah. his fantasy team. Mm.
1: Uh, but Byron it Brown, it really almost happened last year for Steve.
0: We were, <laughs> we were close. yeah, we were, we they were laughed getting,
1: at me, yeah. they called me a madman.
0: <laughs> They're getting low on bodies, and then uh, Coastal Carolina transfer Bryce Archie as well. So, three scholarship guys right now throwing. Um, I and then mean, you got Izzy Carter coming in in the fall. Uh, so. Quarterback room. Is
1: Carter already thrown with future teammate Jakeon Smith? Right.
0: Yep.
1: Out in that California.
0: Was pretty, that was pretty neat. Yeah.
1: So how uh, how did those guys look today or or, or uh, Monday rather? Did they uh, anybody stand out or is it kind of? I mean, what did you get to see? I guess would be my first question. I know there's some of it was probably warm ups, right? But like, what yes. else did you get to see football wise?
0: Uh, more so we got to see some warm-ups and then uh basically indie drills kind of throwing you know thrown to thrown to air, thrown on air, I guess. Um quarterbacks and wide receivers, running backs working on cutting, um, offensive linemen doing some stuff. Um quarterback wise. I, I wanna save judgment. Golish said as much today. Uh, quarterback is more of a body of work thing, especially this spring after rushing to judgment after one day is, um, probably not best suited. I think if you're in the the discord, you, you know what I think, and uh, that'll stay, that'll stay, uh, in the discord until someone doesn't keep it in the discord, um, it seemed like there was a commie presence with Gary out there. It seems like the guy who's been through it all and is going through it again, um, helping Byron, Bryce, and Gunner kind of take snaps, figure figure this out. Uh, it's a new offense for basically all of them. Colish said on Tuesday, you know, the reason they want to bring in Bryce Archie is, you know, he's been in college, so he's kind of got that college field when he kind of knows what, where he's at as a year ahead of a high school guy the terminology is a little bit different but the general scheme of the offense that he was in at coastal is the same enough that there's not too much of a learning curve um it's day one he, they were good they threw three interceptions so there there was that uh goalish wasn't too happy about that but he was happy for the defense that they created turnovers. so it's one of those things was the the yeah. offense just off on day one, or was it is the defense picking up and improving? It's well, one I'm of those Guess, things. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the defense is going to be eighty five. Bears got it. Was well, that's, that's <laughs> right, <favorite title> anyway. <laughs> baby. Um, and he also mentioned why receivers kind of give them a couple weeks because that's the hardest in his offense. He explicitly said this is the hardest. Learning curve for for anyone in the offense because it, it's more it's more landmark oriented and spacing. If if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Is that they kind put of a it?
1: lot they put a lot on them to, and I put that in in our preview of receivers, kind of that why I thought maybe they might go out and get some guys in the transfer portal because they put a lot on these guys. So if they can't handle it, they're going to need got to find guys that can. I think they have a lot of side adjustments and kind of understanding where the space is going to be in the defense and it's their job to get in that space. So they kind of have to understand how people are trying to cover them a little bit, Um, which, you know, sometimes it's just like, hey, this is the play call. I've got a post. That's all I need to know right in some offense this one is more i think okay what's the coverage where's the okay is it gonna be middle field open okay i need to run here Mm -hmm. is the safety rotating away from me okay maybe i need to do this is the corner backing off i need to throttle down i think there's some of that in this offense now i haven't gotten a chance to hear it from like a guy that runs it a ton hear how they explain it i was hoping they would do a coaching clinic and i try to jump up there but then maybe that's still in the cards but from my understanding is that there's a lot of receivers in terms of reading coverage and, and running routes based on coverage. And in a lot of places, it's just, this is your route, run it, no matter what the coverage is. So there's a few adjustments here and there, but mm-hmm. for the most part, you got one of these two. So that, that would be like, he said, there, there may be a slow start there, a learning curve, but one thing I've noticed is that kind of everywhere they go, just starting looking back at when Heupel kind of started with this kind of system at Missouri, they picked it up really quick. Once he started, it seemed like the first year guys were able to pick this up and, and you were able Mm -hmm. to perform pretty quickly. Like Tennessee, same thing, UCF, same thing. Um, So I think it's something they can learn quickly. It's not like crazy hard. It's like a two year learning curve. They can learn it this first year, but it may, it's probably not going to be the first week. It's going to take a little bit of time to understand exactly how they like to attack things.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too. And, um, I know there was a question about the, the front seven depth. Um, yeah, let's do, let's do the, let's do the trenches first. Let's, uh, okay. we'll, we'll start offensive line. Um, so Donovan Jennings still recovering from his ankle, uh, injury that he suffered, uh, game four of 2022. Uh, he's back for sixth year, uh, fifth offensive coordinator for those keeping score at home, uh, and I asked him today, uh, you know, is there any similarities from any of the offenses that you've been in? I uh, said, not really. The Temple's a lot faster um, than maybe even the the Gilbert offense in 2018, right? It was that, – that was a pretty high-tempo offense. Um, Kerwin's was a little – it was pretty high-tempo, but not as fast. And then – Trickets, Charlie Weiss's was not really fast at all. I think Tricket more so because <laughs> they had to shorten the game as much as possible and they couldn't really go fast. Uh and probably same with Weiss, but also Weiss being bad at his job probably didn't help things much either. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't great. So there's that. Um <clears throat> a couple offensive linemen that Golish and, and people around the program uh really mentioned uh the Serbian, uh, Nikola. I'm gonna mess up his last name, Nikolai. Nikolai, I can't remember, but you get someone help me out, man. It, there's too many, there are 34 new guys, I believe, in spring. Um, I can't even, uh, Nikolai, uh, Nikola Milovic,
1: Milovic, Milovic? Uh, just, could be Milovic.
0: Yeah, he's a freshman from Serbia, he was at. Clearwater uh, Academy International, kind of where a Joe Joe was before he went to Clemson. That's becoming like the new IMG almost. Um, for and they had a students, couple of kids which? there.
1: For, I think they had a couple of kids from there on campus uh, for practice on Monday. So they're trying to dig in there and have a presence there as well as IMG. So just as yeah. a, a
0: quick aside. Yep, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, Chamberlain was out there. A couple of other schools were out there that I, I noticed on. Um, Milovich. Nailed it. Thank you. I was so close. Um, He's got a nasty edge to him. He's very competitive. They think he's going to be a dude. Same with Cole Skinner. Skinner. They think he's going to be a dude. Um, Daryl Bailey got a shout out. Um, RJ Perry is massive. Yeah, I asked you who was the biggest human being
1: you saw, and it was him, right?
0: It was – not even close like rj perry is massive he's a big freaking dude uh, where where was he playing was
1: he playing inside or was he playing he was
0: playing so let's see he was playing trying to figure out uh, he was following dono so he was playing left tackle in the trench drills that they were running right so they so cole best was the center, and then they had two guys and then two guys so it was kind of he was cycling at left tackle um with dono um he is as big as advertised he goaler said he showed flashes um he he's a big dude for sure and uh, the offensive line um i think there's gonna be five or six guys who are five or six more guys who are 300 plus pounds This year compared to last year, it's a bigger unit phrasing. uh, (laughs) That compared to last year, which is which is good. It's starting to turn into a college uh, program here, size wise. So that's that was a a good good spot. But again, you know, you're replacing four guys. You're replacing three guys who graduated, and a guy who went and um, transferred to Duke. So you're. Offensive line is going to be a question mark. We you got to see it. They don't put on pads until after spring break. They put or they don't start hitting until after spring break. I think Friday is the first day that they put pads on, if I'm not mistaken. And then after spring break, which is next week, they'll start clapping the pads. So uh, you don't know how they how they actually will look, but um, intimidation factor getting off the bus. RJ Perry is going to be your first one off the bus, man. Well, there you go. Well, that's helpful.
1: How about on the defensive side of the ball? Did anybody stand out there? I know, uh, Cheney was. Is he back full go? All right, he's back.
0: Uh, he's not back. He's pretty close to 100. Um, I think they're going to hold him out for spring. Uh, just, oh, to, wow. he broke his fibia. Uh, last season so he's still working back from that but he feels good um, I, I asked him uh, kind of a couple guys who from end of you know, November to first day who's kind of made the you know, biggest body change who's kind of shifted their mindset who's kind of stood out he mentioned two guys he said Nick Bags has um, grown leaps and bounds I think that was probably something that was Maybe alarming for us last season. He just was kind of non-existent for large swaths of the season for the Bulls, even though the depth was so depleted. He just wasn't yeah. a factor in the rotation.
1: how much they – how highly they spoke of him coming in as a transfer from, uh, you know, a conference school. They thought, yeah. could, It seemed like the way they talked about it, he was a plug-and-play, and it just didn't happen for whatever reason. He,
0: he played quite a bit at Temple – Toward the beginning of the year before he you know transferred out, he was actually he put up numbers. So that was the one that was kind of jarring, I guess, throughout the season. Like, why isn't this clicking for him? Um, so good to see that he's at least according to Cheney, kind of stepping up, taking a taking a bigger role. Um, and then also Jason Vaughn, who led the team with five sacks last season, he said that he's gonna take that next step. He may be the best defensive lineman in the room. Um another guy to obviously kind of watch out for, uh, Lloyd Summerall, the, the Florida transfer. Um, I got a comparison, um, Aaron Lynch freak freak, like athlete, like Aaron Lynch was for the bulls. Um, so that kind of piqued my attention. Uh, it was great to see Kevin Patrick out there. Uh, he's got, a, he's got a nice little beard. It's a, it's a really great, like chin beard. Mm, um, the Lincoln, yeah, pretty much. It, it looks phenomenal.
1: Um, Summerall was a guy that was playing a good bit at Florida. It's not like he transferred because he didn't play at all. He was playing a decent bit, especially after Brenton Cox was kicked off the team. Um, he got more and more rep, but he was he, or more and more uh, playing time. But he was playing a decent bit. Uh, I think maybe he wanted to leave for a, uh, a bigger role but, and to be closer to home. Maybe um, he will. He play, I think he played at Lakeland his senior year. Uh, but it's not like he wasn't playing at Florida he was playing at, uh, he was playing a little bit so um, and mm-hmm. was not unproductive. He had some he had he, he put up a, f- a few stats he had some it wasn't like he was just on the field taking up space he could play a little bit. so I'll, right. I'm really kind of interested to see how he does because it's not like you're just getting a guy that's a total like reject p5 reject. he was playing at Florida um, quite a bit so he yeah. might be able to come in and and really help.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, DJ Harris on Monday, um, he he looked pretty big. He looked, you know, stout. There, there was not, especially for the offensive linemen and defensive linemen the first couple of days, there's really, you can't really compare anything. Like, I, I'm not a technique guy along the offensive line or defensive line at all. I know just the base level, and I think that's, I think those are probably the two harder positions to evaluate, I think for people who are not either offensive linemen or offensive coaches to try to figure out, okay, what are they doing? Because you don't know what the technique or the scheme or the play call was, um, that's kind of the hardest judge. So I'm I'm looking for for size. I, I know I know what fast looks like, yeah. right? I mean, you can you can point it out but like, all right, that guy's fast. He's got he's got a good first step. But other than that, technique wise, you're asking the wrong guy. You'll you'll never. Catch me talking about some dude's technique because I'd be I'd be straight up lying to you. But he's got a good first step. He can he's got a good punch. Um they were doing some bag work. He's he's pretty nimble. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, where he kind of fits into the defense. They're gonna be three down, they're gonna be four down, they're gonna be, you know, every every defensive coordinator's favorite favorite line is, you know, we're gonna be multiple. <laughs> Um, and aggressive, multiple and aggressive. We're gonna we're gonna hit hard. We're gonna make them feel us. Uh, they're they're gonna you know they don't want to come over the middle against us. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And to the the linebacker question uh, regarding the the front seven, didn't really see much. Um, I was kind of focused in on offensive line, quarterbacks, running backs because. Well, there's a lot to replace there and you yeah. know a lot of the linebackers and stuff are the same guys that were here last year. He Jay gonna... Gordon looked large. He did. And the pictures I saw. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. Um hopefully they 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 look like they took their vitamins and then some um this off season. Um for the running backs I wrote up the running back preview. Well, let me clean my voice. Um Naquan Wright, much bigger than I thought he'd be. He's yep. 5'9", 5'9", 205, easy. Maybe maybe bigger. Like that, that dude's a, a guy um, for he was, a, for he, sure. was a, he was
1: an interesting case. So he was a guy that in high school, I think he tore his ACL his junior year or senior year. He was a guy that had been really productive in his high school career before he got hurt. So there was some thought that okay, he's really should be a really highly rated guy, but he got hurt. Because um, I remember, I think Florida took him. He was like a three star, and there's some people were like I've seen him play. He's a five. You know, he's you know before he got hurt, he was a five star. So there's that because he had a really good career until his injury, right? And <laughs> then at Florida, he was just kind of splitting time, but he always made plays. I uh, was really good in the passing game at Florida. Um, and, and then he, I mean, he played quite a, he started to really come on quite a bit on that 2020 team with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts and them towards the end of that year, he was heavily in the rotation with, uh, Malik Davis, the Tampa Jesuit guy and and Damian Pierce, both guys, both of those guys played a good bit in the NFL last year. So he was in the rotation with those two. So he's, he's got some talent. Uh, he's another one that'll be, It'll be fun to see kind of what mm-hmm. he can do in this role. I think this offense probably fits him pretty well too. Um, and if he's can kind of help replace a little bit of the Brian Petit, you know, you've got some other guys. And you, you previewed them. There's some talent still at that position. There. It's just yeah, some you know injuries and other stuff. You're not quite sure exactly what you're going to get, right?
0: Exactly. You know, I think. <clears throat> the coaching staff kind of thought it was going to be as close to a one for one kind of trade for Batiste for Wright that they probably could get um in in the portal um they did the best that they could. I think Kwon Powell needs to step up <clears throat> um Kelly Joyner needs to come back from his injury and then it seemed like he got the yips. When he finally got back in, finally got back in the rotation no. uh, late in the year. I mean,
1: just literally. My fantasy the ball, team still hasn't recovered.
0: <laughs> literally got the ball taken from him in that Temple game. I think that was probably the moment Moment Jeff Scott knew he was getting fired. <laughs> um, like, it was <clears throat> interesting. And the guy, uh, you know, in 2021 averaged, I think, Oh, over six yards of carry had a couple hundred yard rushing games uh that i think that 2020 season uh against central florida him and i think it was betty and joiner and someone else ran for 100 yards apiece like in that that it was an surpri- angle, wasn't it? no that surprisingly high scoring 2020 season um season finale. Yeah. um he he was able to put up numbers and you know I kind of said at the beginning of uh the preview like going into 2022 you would have been fine with Mangum Petit Joyner Dukes being being the guy and it just so happened you know joiner got hurt in fall camp Mangum got hurt Basically in the Florida game, and uh Petit took over, and I don't think you get that season from Petit if was, those guys are healthy, and which is no. probably the frustrating part because it was kind of clear early on that he was the best running back. On yeah, the, we, I the think roster. we looked at
1: each other during the when, it, when <coughs> he started extending minutes, and we're like, I
0: think he might be the best guy. <laughs> right. So you know, with Mangum now at Michigan State, Petit at Auburn. You're you're looking for you're looking for that RB one, and it uh, seems like it's Naquan, uh, right? And
1: uh, jo- Joiner's got a similar story to Naquan a little bit. I remember um, when I was going to the pressers, and this might have been maybe even before I was going to the pressers. I heard Strong say if if Kelly Joiner didn't get hurt in high school, he wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Like he got hurt, uh, he was unbelievable. Uh, In high school, because I was in I was coaching in the area he played. So I saw a decent bit of him. He was unbelievable in high school. Uh, It it was crazy. Uh, We played a couple of teams after they played. And then he got hurt and his his recruiting kind of tailed off. Uh, But he was a guy that was like running for like 2000 yards plus. Crazy good. So I, I think it's a kind of a similar situation. I've always kind of been waiting on him to explode a little bit. And you've seen flashes of it. You've seen it for a game or two. You've seen it for like a drive or two. Uh, but if he could put it all together, you know, and kind of get back to that form he showed, right? You could have a couple of really good backs. Uh, it's yeah. just for whatever reason hasn't been able to put it together yet. But um, he can. He can go when mm-hmm. he's healthy.
0: Yeah. Then it. <sighs> You know, Mikey Dukes is probably the the one question mark. I think <clears throat> for me, where does he fit in this offense? He I think he averaged three point four yards a carry last season. Um, scored a scored a handful of touchdowns. Uh, was a I think he caught eight eight balls if I'm not mistaken uh, as a receiver. Running backs really aren't used as receiving threats in this offense. So kind of looking through. Uh, Tennessee, I think. I think the running backs had like twelve to twenty catches combined as a room last season. Um, not really what they they did. Um, so how where where does he fit in? Um, yeah, he I, you know doesn't seem explosive enough. I, I think you're. I think you may be right. I think he could turn into a short yardage guy. But then what do you do with you know? baby Allstad, i think he he, show, he showed flashes to jason allbritt and, and then you bring in dominic Canella from north dakota state who is a bigger back as well and he he's rushed for i think 2500 yards in 20 28 career games or something like that or 1800 yards in 28 career games something something like that at north dakota state he's been uh, he was a steady force he rushed for a few touchdowns where does he fit in yeah. um, so it's that the running back room wide receiver got to figure out why i mean the entire offense quite frankly is a question mark especially in this scheme because of how much they had to replace and so i'm excited to see what spring brings for this offense and see if there's anybody that stands out i, I i'm I, I that's what i'm most excited about the defense they're probably not going to be good I'll, I'll take not last <laughs> double Frankly, digits would be a big, big win, but it's going to, it's just going to be so interesting to see how many people they had to replace and see what they do and how, how they fit together. Um, because so many of these guys they've played, but they haven't really played together. Like, you know, Darrell Bailey, Mike Lofton, they, they, they've played in Spurs, but never, you know, next to each other. Or now you're, you've got a new center for the first time in five years. So it's, it's going to be, <coughs> You know, he, here's the thing though. Is there's like what two more teams this season, so, so they could te- technically, could technically, get technically worse. be worse. They could technically get worse. They,
1: it, it's it's a it's a good semantical argument. Uh, if they're 131st, they could be 133rd next year. But you could so. also say, well, they were last, so they can't be worse than last. But yes, I it's it's uh, it's very easy to be better. <laughs> it's another. One. I if, if you get in the double digits, you're feeling pretty good. So get the, the, get the big old nine, nine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. So Gunnar Greenwald state. I see. Yes. Um, I don't, he was never a question mark. I think he was like hurt or something. I like, I, that was the one that always kind of confused me toward the end of the season. I, like he was unlike Xavier Weaver. He was on the sidelines for UCF. Yeah. Like he was, he was around. I think there was something else going on. Um, but that let's lead into the tight ends. Boy, howdy, were they not good last season? Either underutilized or just underperformed. Yeah, they weren't completely. Really
1: used, they weren't very really used very much. Um, they'll be asked to do some similar things this year, uh, which you know they'll be moved around quite a bit and they moved them around a decent bit last year. They'll be asked to be blockers. They'll be asked to go out wide and block, go out wide and run routes. So I don't think there's a Princeton fan on this roster, I, I'm I mean Greenwald was a guy that was really highly rated as a recruit. At times, you've seen flashes. It just hasn't he hasn't been the guy yet or hasn't put it all together. But he was a guy that, you know, coming in was a really highly rated recruit, was a big athlete. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> and they're yeah, they're they're definitely uh you know already recruiting the next uh the next great usF tight end but uh I'm excited to see Greenwald as he grows a little bit that's one thing like th- let's not be too quick to throw some of these guys out he's gonna be a junior right or yeah, he's gonna be so. a retro sophomore maybe be a rich sophomore. So- maybe a yeah, let's sophomore. not be you know that's the other like when you're not recruiting at the Georgia and Alabama level you're not going to see a ton of impact freshmen come in and be right. Able to play right away so you know let these guys develop he might you know he might he was you know uh, he was uh highly rated but he was still he wasn't like a instant impact guy so uh, i think this offense can give him a chance to flourish maybe i'm he's a guy i'm still have hopes for uh to to do something because of how much you know hype he kind of came in with and they were really excited mm-hmm. to have him
0: so yep. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see him in the future. And they they bring in uh, Weston Wolf from Maryland, who has one career reception. One. Yeah. Um but he was he was very productive in high school at Venice, right? That's where yeah that's Venice where High School, from. super productive.
1: Uh, his brother's a starting quarterback at ODU, uh, but he was like uh, really really highly touted as well. Obviously went to Maryland, who recruits pretty well. Uh, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, didn't see the field. I know they play a ton of receivers out there, throw the ball around a ton. Uh, but he's another guy I think is, he's got a, a good frame and a good build. Right. And has had some production, you know, at the, it was super productive. Like you said, at the high school level. So he'll be another guy I have my eye on. I think, um, you know, maybe the raw talent level with, uh, you know, Greenwald another year, and then kind of who you lost and who you brought in probably went up
0: at tight end, but we got to see
1: some production, right? Yep.
0: And then there's one more person who they brought in under the radar after national signing. The 1, and after the, they brought in transfer Tegan Martin, who's a six, six, 226 freshman who initially uh, signed with Liberty Yes, guess this, I, I was trying to figure it out. I think he was at Liberty last year, but he's still listed as a, like a straight up freshman in the classroom, freshman and eligibility wise. I still don't understand how, how that one works. Um, so if anyone in the comments can figure it out, please let me know. Um, but he was a three-star recruit out of Minnesota. Um, he was one of the top players in the state of Minnesota and Went to Liberty and now he's here. Um, again, another scholarship tight end. I think that that brings your total up to four.
1: Had an so offer you- from Iowa State coming out of high school.
0: Yes. Um, so you. So uh, clearly, you know, Joel Gordon and, and those guys are probably pretty familiar with them. Um, we'll see how that shakes out. I think Gunner is your leading returner. Um, he had four catches for 37 yards, um, but Jason Littlejohn catch per touchdown ratio last season was hundred percent, hundred percent two catches, two touchdowns um, from the college of the Sequoia's uh, California. It's um, so just unproven, unproven stuff that, Like, USF has historically underutilized tight ends. Last year was just off the charts. Um, Yeah, there weren't a lot of catches to go around. No, there there, there, there really weren't. I mean, when you've got, you know, Xavier Weaver and Jimmy Horn and guys like that, you know, they kind of plug up a lot of the the target share. And when you're running the ball as well as Petit did, it, you know, brings, you know, that the – the amount of options and running through three different quarter, four different quarterbacks or yeah. however many it ended up being. Um,
1: when you're, when you're, when you're, you are you know, drawing up your game plan and you're thinking, okay, these, these are the guys I got to get the ball to tight end was way down that list, <laughs> right? Just, just not no slight to them, but you had some really good skill players that you're like, I want to get the ball to them. So um that that's no fault of their own. It's just kind of how it goes, right? So as as our as our dearly departed uh, OC, Mister Trickett, was doing, going through his game plan, he's probably thinking, okay, let's get Xavier Weaver to touch let's get Jimmy Gorn to touch it, but see, maybe mixing a Mikey Dukes, maybe mixing a quarterback run, and then go back to the top, right? That's why we had we had the wheel like that for a reason last year. Yes, and it was effective. The wheel was the wheel was just the wheel was effective.
0: Uh, I'm excited to see what the wheel looks like this season. I think throw, the wheel throw deep, throw <laughs> throw deep.
1: Yeah. Throw throw screen.
0: Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, honestly, I mean, we, we've been going at this for an hour. There's really not much else to really discuss. I mean, we're day in. We, we did some position previews. Uh, DB you got to based- see 20 minutes. Right? right. It ended up being 30, which was nice. That's good. Um, so I think we saw a little bit more. Uh, I saw Brad Cecil and Rashawn Yates out there. Um, you know, cheering on the offensive line. Um, so that was good to see. Uh, I think the their pro days like March 29th or something like that. Okay. I think there's, from what I understand, only six guys so far. So that kind of tells you what the talent level was like. Um,
1: we hit uh, Heath. We hit the OCS in a little bit in the beginning. Just the the, the approval of the design process. Um, we didn't talk about. We didn't really talk about the renders that were out there or that kind of
0: been floating around. Uh, but I don't know if we're going to talk about those just yet. I think that I think the OCS probably deserves its own conversation because there's a lot of. Manusha, I think Stieg was probably the the best guy. Yeah. To ask he's these questions
1: to. He's been pretty locked in on the entire process. He's been I know he's been um, talking with like the Live Oak, who's yeah, a great maybe, follow on Twitter. Also in the Discord, dropping yeah. knowledge. So maybe uh,
0: maybe bring the Live Oak in here, um, yeah, get Stieg, and just kind of do a little roundtable about the um, OCS and oh, absolutely. I mean, make a decision, Nathan. All right. Byron Brown or Bohannon well, after day one? Uh, well, Byron Brown was allowed to throw the ball, so I'm going to go with Byron today. <laughs> uh, yeah. and that's based solely on, uh, you know, if, if Byron's best ability is availability, is availability, his right arm availability, then I'm taking it. There you
1: go. Yeah, no, Steag was a good – I think Steag is – we need to bring him in for OCS talk. He's been – Kind of on it from the beginning, in terms of when stuff would be announced. He's he's kind of sussed it out by looking through, uh, you know, board of trustees meetings, all that kind of stuff. So, um, he'll 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 we'll get him in here to talk OCS stuff. I would imagine now the design process has been approved that you'll see something soon. I, yes. I you know if, if I was doing it, I'd probably. Depending on when, like the spring game was played, like if it's like broadcast, it would be cool to have something to talk about there. But I'm would not be doing really
0: it. Really cool, like a halftime ceremony breaking the ground at, Oh, it's at, it's at Corbett. That's an even better idea. But hey, I'm just I'm just talking out loud. Hmm. That's, or that's, just that's, have giant renderings at each entrance
1: yeah i think that would be a good time if you if you have if like the stuff that's going around is legit which it is it seems like it is right because you i saw we had some people say that that's been going around in kind of the bigger donor circles for a little bit um that maybe like maybe they're they'll, they'll be pretty far a little bit further along the process than it seems and able to release stuff i have no idea though i'm just i'm just throwing a guess out as when how i would do it if i was had something to roll out when would be a good time to do it maybe when i got like national eyes on me Mm -hmm. if they if they do put the game on like espn or something espn 2 espn whatever if they broadcast your spring game you have national eyes that'd be kind of cool to debut that information then i think it'd be smart yeah tell the recruits to watch see all that kind of stuff and and you know, worst case scenario, you just stream it because you are streaming the spring game this year. So
0: last USF player drafted. I I've been racking my brain here for a minute. Was Mitch drafted? I don't think he was. I are think he was an undrafted a, free agent. Yeah. Um Deidre Didren maybe? Uh, 2018. Yeah, must have been them. It must have been the MVS Deidrean year. So, oh man, Mark. Technically, Mark Scantling, fifth rounder, right? Yeah, because he was a fifth rounder, and Sinault so so was now a third, third rounder.
1: rounder. yeah So technically,
0: MVS. MVS in 2018. There was no one from that 2019 team worked drafting, or that 2018 team draft drafting. Um. Dearness was an undrafted free agent. Uh, yeah.
1: Nobody. That's I've got the list. That's the list. That's the list? AVS was the last one, 2018, fifth round.
0: Good Lord. <laughs> I will say, so Eric, why are we giving hints for our spring game? I will say, Golish uh, was asked about who had the interceptions today, and uh, he's like, no, nah, I'm not telling you that. So there's... <laughs> he's so he's got a little bit of it. He's a little paranoid. Marlon Mack was 2017.
1: Yep. Mack was 2017, then Rodney Adams. Uh Kofi is it Amichia.
0: Ami- yeah yep. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Uh the
1: Packers. Yeah. And then 2018 you had Sanat and MVS. So that Oof. is the last one.
0: Yep. Uh, and then, Mr. Andrew, what's the practice like in the IPF? I don't know. It was outside, and it was hot, and I was not a fan. But I will say this, for the first time ever uh, – so today was the first time I had been in the IPF lobby, and then after the press conference, I went in there and like looked around the field. And uh, Not to get all mopey and sappy, and but – I'll tell you what. As a lifelong USF fan, that was a pretty freaking awesome moment. Uh, That is, it was a surreal. It was a surreal thing walking in that IPF and knowing that my contribution to the IPF getting built was singing the thong song at the 2017 (laughs) Birmingham Bowl in a dive bar and helping donate like three grand. There you go. Do they have a plaque up anywhere? No, the the plaques are for 10 grand or more, so we were we were close but not mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Make it honorary. Make it honorary.
0: Yeah. But that was man. I can't wait till the stadium gets I might cry. I was going to say stadium the stadium's going to be
1: uh, uh it's going to
0: be interesting. Gonna put it on you. Yeah. emotional. Kind of, there, there's going to be a lot of emotions when I think there's going to be a lot of
1: people uh it would seem pretty emotional. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people emotional when these renderings come out. I'm sure we're going to hear about it. Yeah. Does
0: Mike White count? Oh, God. I love Mike White. I was at a wedding over the weekend and talked to him for 15 minutes, and it was amazing. Oh, I miss him so much. <laughs> but no, he does not count because he <laughs> is Western Kentucky, unfortunately. But mm. was Ola Doken drafted? he was not but he's a Super Bowl champion and oh, that's all that matters all that matters is two sterling Gilbert disciples got voting oh, this
1: year uh it's saying maybe he was, he was the seventh round pick 241 is that true
0: oh chris yeah he was a seventh round pick by seventh the seventh round 241
1: Do you, I mean you count him right
0: oh I'll count him yeah, there you I go love, yeah yeah, I'm, count- I'm, count- I'm counting Chris. There you go. So 2022 just happened. We're good. Yes. Yeah, we're fine, guys. It's totally cool. Yeah, so what if he was at two different schools after us? Because he couldn't care. find one that satisfied him the way
1: the USF did.
0: I don't know if it's that. I mean, it's probably not that. Hmm.
1: Hmm. That's right. <laughs> it's a pipe. It's It's a
0: pipeline. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Uh, Always a pleasure. Thank you for commenting, following along. Make sure you guys uh, follow us on Twitch. Send us a screenshot. DM us at StampedeSBN on Twitter, or you can send it to one of us. We will send you an invite to the Discord. It is free up until fall camp. Yeah. So if
1: if you're not quite sure where the Twitch is, what the Twitch is, I tweeted out a link to it tonight. So go on my Twitter page. I think the daily stampede Twitter page also retweeted it. So use that link, subscribe, take a screenshot, send it to the daily stampede, uh, direct messages. They will be open, send it there, send us proof. We'll send you an invitation. And then you have access to a bunch of good information, a, a pretty fun community. There's a lot of, it's mostly, Uh, sports and usf related but there's some pop culture there's even a a a fit check channel where steeg is putting all his crop top pictures so
0: Mm -hmm. um wrestling travel channel dogs beer food wrecks music gaming tv i mean
1: pretty much everything you need so it's uh it's like twitter without the trolls and so far so far everybody's on their best behavior Yeah. yeah So, so we'll
0: see. We'll see how we get some starts and people yeah.
1: start losing games a little bit. So yeah, you know,
0: like, no, no one's really been showing their ass, so that's been nice. Except Steve might attempt to soon enough <laughs> if we don't, if we don't watch him on the Fit Check channel. Yeah. So, so uh, be sure to do that, um, Seth. As always, I appreciate you. Thanks for sure. tuning in, everybody. Uh, for Seth and Nathan, this has been another glorious episode of the Bloom 90 Podcast. Spring football's back. Let's go, go Bulls, go Bulls.